Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Adam White and I'm joined by Eric Devin and Jeremy Smith once again to talk through the latest round of league and fixtures. It's been an extremely busy week since we last spoke last Monday. There have been 20 league and games, a midweek round uh, full of incident and a full, a full uh, weekend uh, round as well, full of exciting uh, games. It's been a fantastic week. I'll run through the weekend's fixtures to uh, begin with and we'll move on to talk about uh, some, some fantastic football played in France over the weekend. So Nice and Saint-Étienne got the weekend up and running. Nice beating Saint-Étienne 3-0. I mean, Greary, Calvin Stengs and Andy Delors with the goals in a comfortable win for Nice there. Lille beat Strasbourg with a Jonathan David brace 2-1 on Saturday evening, the early evening game. And then there were two games on Saturday night, Lyon and Lorient drawing one each. Uh, and PSG beating, very unconvincingly, I must say, beating Montpellier 2-0. On Sunday, Bordeaux and Rennes got uh, things off uh, to, a, to a very well, inconsistent start from Bordeaux's point of view. They were pretty pretty terrible, in my opinion, for much of the game, uh, but somehow managed to, to, to wrestle a draw away from Rennes in a one all result. Brest lost 2-1 at home to Metz. Rons beat uh, Nantes 3-1. A bit of a surprise there. And Trois and Angers drew one each. Monaco came from behind to beat Clermont 3-1 on Sunday afternoon. And the primetime game really was primetime blockbuster stuff on Sunday night between Marseille and Lons. Lons running out 3-2. Winners having led 2-0. And Marseille going back to draw uh, at halftime. It was two each at halftime. And Wesley Saeed's winner Seeding uh, the points for uh, Lons. We'll start there, Eric. Um, what a game! You said you said uh, just before we came on, this was probably game of the season so far, and I, I tend to agree. Um, talk us through what happened here, and and tell us about Lons. Your your Guardian piece this week was on was on Frank Hayes's fantastic uh, Lons side, been brilliant since being promoted last uh, well season before last. They've been in Ligue for for a couple of years now. Um, what makes them so good, and how did they win this game? Yeah, a couple of things. You know, this was not a first choice side by Lons. I think first and foremost, we should mention that uh, Kevin Donso, a central defender, was suspended. Uh, they started with uh, Jonathan Klaus, who we've spoken about as nauseam as being one of the best right backs in France, was on the bench. Uh, Gaka Kuda was on the bench as well. Um, so the system was kind of more of a 3 4 3, which I think allowed uh, a bit more room to get forward for Seiko Fofana. Um, you had uh, David DaCosta, uh, you know, relatively inexperienced player playing on the left, uh, using his pace and running to create space, um, but also tracking back when Fafana got forward. Um, so really it was a different tactical look than that 3-4-1-2 we're so used to seeing from Frank Ice. Um, and I think that's that's really impressive to shift gears uh, on such a short notice, right? Again, lost like every team in France that played midweek. Um, he had mentioned, and I alluded to this in the article, that uh, he saw some things wrong, quote-unquote, uh, against Strasbourg in their loss on Wednesday, that he needed to make some adjustments, and he did. And, wow, I mean, uh, just a fantastic display. Um, obviously, Frankowski, uh, you know, another brilliant performance, uh, starting out on the right, uh, switching over to the left when Klaus came on, a brilliant goal. Um, he looks like he's settling in really well. I mean, uh, you know, okay, even being American, I, I'm not the biggest booster of MLS. I don't think the, the quality is all that great. Um, but I think he's someone who's uh, showing that, you know, good talent could be had there. And he's, he's really impressed. Um, and yeah, Florian Satoka, who's, you know, I think a player who many of us would 
think out as being think of as being sort of this archetypical archetypal target man, you know, big physical presence, but not much else in his locker. Um, I think that he's more and more proving that 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 wrong, and has has really uh, come on leaps and bounds under Ice. I, I think that you know that description of him would have been fair uh, maybe 14 months ago when he had when he had uh, joined Lens, but I, I think that uh, the development he's shown in his style of play uh, in Liga under Ice has, has been you know, really incredible. Um, you know, even to the point where it's keeping the likes of Ignacio Scanago on the bench. Um, and, you know, that's that's really impressive. I think that Ganago was a player who, especially given his start to last season, really looked to be an Elbon starter. But um, the fact that he's on the bench now also speaks to his improvement as well. So, yeah, really a consummate team performance. Jean-Louis Leca, um, you know, ever the firebrand, ever the, ever the, you know, uh, how would you say it? Uh, you, live, you live by the sword, die by the sword with him. But I think uh, Lance very much lived by the sword. Uh, he made a fantastic save from close range from Garrison as well. Uh, yeah, just an excellent, excellent match. Uh, Dimitri Payet with a brace. Um, you know, uh, really a thrilling match. Uh, There's another uh, chance that Marseille had to level. Uh, Payet put a ball in for Sally by the back post, and he was not far away from getting an equalizer there as well. Uh, Under hit the bar. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you couldn't really want anything else from game of football. This is excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah, it really was. Um, and Lawrence kind of won it twice. They sort of went, as you said, they sort of went 2-0 ahead and then they sort of they, they won it at the end with that Saiga who's been uh, out for so long through injury. I think he's actually a really useful player in this league. He dropped down with Toulouse and and Lawrence uh, took a bit of a punt on him, but he's, you know, proved his worth already with that goal yesterday. Um, Jez, who stood out for you for, for Lawrence? I, 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 Eric's talked about Sotokar, but uh, Seika Fafana was brilliant. Uh, Lekka was fantastic, as, as, as Eric said. Um, who who was your man of the match? Um, I've I've been a fan of Lecca for years. I I always thought he was a little bit underrated, and and I know he's got a touch of the sort of Bastias about him, and and as, as Eric said, a bit of a firebrand. But I I really do rate him as a keeper. And yeah, a couple of those saves yesterday. There was the, the Gerson one, and then the one sort of just after and to hit the bar. I think it was from. Um, uh, Dieng header maybe you know just as they were sort of maybe rocking a little or had Marseille scored there you could have seen them sort of maybe you know going on to win it comfortably so it's a very important and um, but for me yesterday it was Sekov Fana who um, I know you know when Lance signed him last year I think everyone thought it was a great coup and he he had a, a really solid season but this year he's also had a goal scoring to, to his game um, two or three of them from from memory have been sort of very important goals as well. And, and I just think his, his the leadership, um, both sort of, you know, vocally as a captain, but also kind of pushing the team forward, I think has, has been brilliant. And I said yesterday on, on Twitter, you know, it pains me to say it because... Um, as a very bitter mess fan who, who's able to hold sort of 25 year grudges Lance are not my favorite team by any stretch but for me Frankowski probably Klaus as well and, and definitely for funner would would walk into my league out team of the year so far so it really is a, a an all-round um team team performance or you know across the season um to date but um, yeah, you've got to give Ayers a huge amount of credit for for getting, you know, players who are sort of very good quality on paper, but they're certainly playing as as much more than the sum of their parts. I think I don't think um, 
I hope that's not sort of to, to, to sort of undermine any of the players, but what they're doing as a team is fantastic. Yeah, it's been it's been quite amazing, really. Um, uh, Eric, talk to me about Marseille. Uh, Dimitri Payet scored twice yesterday. I thought his passing was brilliant. Of some fantastic classic Payet kind of moments, that sort of nonchalant chest out kind of sort of arrogance almost that he has on on the ball. He's been like that for much of the season, um, but uh, it, it's so frustrating watching him play because he's he's when he's good, he's so good. Um, but he can go through the, he can go through these periods where he looks barely interested and looks a little bit unfit and and just has no effect on the game. How good was he yesterday? And why is he? How is what has George Sampaoli done to get to get the best the best out of him? And and how important is he going to be to Marseille going forward? I mean, I, I think it goes without saying how important he is and how incredible he can be uh, when he is at his very best. I mean, this is a player who, yeah, it was it was five years ago, but was in the European t- team of the tournament. Uh, he was incandescent at, uh, at West Ham as well. And we know how good this player can be at his very best. I think that uh, what Sam Pauli has done by allowing him a, a bit of a freer role, I, I think, and also to have you know players to link with, I think that uh, playing in a more rigid system uh, really has sublimated some of Pauli's individual qualities on the ball. But you have him alongside players like Ganduzi, like Gerson, uh, who can link play with him and... and um, and also have a, a similar level of passing now. So I think that really gets the best out of him. And, you know, I, I don't think he's, you know, we, we think about other midfielders of the past, Marseille. I don't really necessarily think that um, there are, there ha- he has played alongside a certain level of players, but some players with similar creativity. I'm not saying that Jerson or Granduzzi, for example, are players quite in that mold. But if, you, if you've got a player like Harit with, with the ability with the ball at his feet, I mean, compared to say, you know, again, they're they're more than capable midfielders. But if you think about other midfielders, he's played with Ranger, uh, Andre Frank Zambo and Guisa, um, you know, Camera, uh, Malatin Ranger on this team too. Like, they're they're excellent players. But in terms of having someone else to sort of share the creativity with him, uh, I think that that's something that, particularly with the moves that Marseille made over the, over the summer, uh, is is really getting the best out of Paye to have someone operate as a foil for him in terms of ability on the ball and creativity. Um, I think, I think uh, allows him a bit more freedom, uh, both positionally and in terms of his creative, creative play. So yeah, again, you know, uh, this open system, you know, clearly as we saw uh, does, does have its drawbacks at times, but um, I think by and large Marseille are going to continue to impress. And I think that, you know, so we said a couple of weeks ago, we said had a predicted top three. I think I'd still have Marseille as just about favorites to come third. Um, you know, so it, long may it continue. I think, again, rotation is going to be a, a huge issue for this group. Um, but if San Paoli can, can negotiate that, I mean, I don't know. It might even be in their best interest to get knocked out of the Europa League. Um, although, so now as a third place in Europa League group stage goes into the Europa Conference League playoffs, like the Champions League and Europa League. Is yeah, that right? yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, they drop in. Oh gosh, they've the got to finish bottom of their group to not be in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, you know, I, and that's the thing too. You know, I, th- I think they rebounded well, particularly from that that uh, disappointing draw in Moscow the other week. Um, they were uh, they conceded a last minute equalizer just by uh, playing with eleven against ten and. I think they were, you know, they didn't quite have it. Um, I, I, but again, I, I think this is more about having to praise Lance on the evening than it is to ding Marseille. Um, 
that could have been better at, you know, again, you, those three chances we mentioned there, uh, Jiang, right. Uh, Jeremy, the, the header, the chance of the back post for Saliba and uh, under heading the bar. I mean, you know, very fine margins of this game that Marseille didn't get at least a point from this game. Uh, but again, still, we shouldn't take anything away from loss. I think it was, it was really their performance that made this match what it was. Uh, and it's deserved three points. Yeah, I would agree. They were they were fantastic, and they definitely should be the the, the headline. Um, the headline this week, uh, going into the midweek round of European games, will be PSG against Manchester City, uh, a repeat of the semi final from last season. Jez, uh, how did PSG overcome that defeat? Obviously, they were knocked out by Manchester City last last season. Um, we don't know if if Verratti's going to play. We don't know if Messi's going to play. Uh, how important is this game and, and what do PSG need to do to, to, to sort of overcome um, the way Manchester City really suffocated them last season? And after the first half an hour in the first leg, um, City really dominated. Um, how do you see this one going? I'm, I'm pretty worried about it, to be honest. Um, I think you know, we said, I think we, we kind of discussed before how obviously the, the scenes at the final whistle or even sort of just before it were not great, but there's no shame in losing to that City side. They're, they're a very good side. And on paper, PSG have strengthened, but by strengthening on paper, I'm not sure yet that they've kind of done that in, in practice. And um, I, it's bizarre because they're eight wins out of eight in, in Ligue 1, but I'm not sure any of those wins have been totally convincing. Um, there's been a couple in the, in the last week that have needed a lot of help from the referee. Um, as you said, even against Montpellier, it wasn't absolutely, um, although it looks like, you know, a straightforward 2-0 win, even there, there it, wasn't, it wasn't that smooth. And obviously um, the headlines coming out of the game were not even about what happened on the pitch, but the latest sort of, um, Mbappe temper tantrum and and you know which allowed Ekip to lead, lead today with with question marks over whether there's now an issue between between he and Neymar who've been sort of very close the last couple of years so nothing there as usual seems straightforward um, I think it probably is relatively telling that they're arguably the two players of the season so far have been Herrera and Gay who um, you know have to their credit seem to have added goal scoring to to their um, to their kind of repertoire, but to an extent that's been needed to, to hide the fact that, as usual, there, especially without Verratti there, there's not enough transition from midfield to attack. Um, and obviously, we're still waiting with the mitigating factors that Messi's been in and out, and none of and, and Mbappe probably isn't 100% fit, and Neymar and Messi came back late. So we're not seeing all four of them at 100% match fitness yet. But, you know, the front four are not clicking at all. Having to fit them in means that Mbappe inevitably is having to play as a centre forward, which firstly, I think, is not his strongest position. And secondly, I think leads him to feel like he's a little bit left out of all the intricate build-up play. Um, Verratti is in the squad. Messi and Verratti are both in the squad. I'd expect maybe Messi to start, but I'd be shocked if Verratti started considering how long he's been out for, you know, relatively long he's been out for. Um, so all is not well there at all. And, and um, certainly City, for, you know, a couple of blips that they've had in recent weeks, um, 
just feel a lot more settled, a lot more of an idea of what they're doing within the team, you know, what each person's role is. Um, and I really worry about PSG and, and particularly after the, the draw against Bruges, which kind of, you know, takes away one of their sort of lives, if you like, um, you know, th- they can ill afford to drop all six points against City now because um, it, it puts a lot more pressure on on those those three remaining fixtures because they, they're not coming into this one with the three points that we should be expecting. That extra kind of cushion has gone. Um, and, you know, with the home advantage, we should be seeing them um, kind of set out to do something special. But just as usual, you know, it's kind of in marked contrast to everything we were saying about loss. On paper, these are every single player in this team. You know, Navas Donnarumma, there are rumours, maybe it's Italy, you know, the Italian press kind of trying to stir trouble. But there's rumours of, of sort of discontent there because Donnarumma isn't playing as much as he wanted to. If Bernat isn't back, he's probably going to have Diallo as, as left back, which I still think is is uh, a real concern. Um, it, things are, are not good, and yeah, as I, sorry, as I said, um, on paper, great players, but that does not make a great team, and we're certainly not seeing um, this season's PSG play as a team at all yet. And as usual, we're therefore relying on on strokes of genius, even if that means. Um, Idrissa Gay scoring a goal from 20 or 30 yards as, as they've had to rely on a couple of times this year. Yeah, for sure. Herrera, uh, Gay and Herrera's importance has really skyrocketed in the last last few months. Herrera's been brilliant. He's really got Pochettino's uh, faith. Uh, and it's basically, I think he's probably close to being first choice, even when everyone's fit now. Um, you know, one or more experienced players. And I've always, I've always thought he's a very useful option in midfield as, you know, a lot of strings to his bow and was underused at Manchester United and PSG, uh, another three, a free signing after their, after their, um, you know, after their, the exploits this summer. Um, yeah, it was, he's been a really useful part of the squad ever since he's, ever since he's joined. And you, you mentioned the, the sort of unconvincing nature of PSG's performances and they were not good against Montpellier. Montpellier lost to Laura and Laborde to, to Nice and Rennes, obviously an understrength side to some extent. Uh, Sergio Savani has been outrageously good since, but, um, you know, it was pretty even over all that game. And, and you, you touched on the sort of discontent between Neymar and, and Mbappe a little bit. There was a little sort of, a little sort of, uh, you know, uh, direction of frustration from Mbappe's part as he was subbed. Neymar was not good in this game. He, he did the opposite to what he did against um what he did against Mets when he, he sort of, you know, took took control of things and, and you know, really, and Leon as well, actually, uh, and, and really sort of uh, dictated things. But he did the complete opposite here, was was running down blind alleys, just showboating, doing silly things he didn't need to be doing and kept losing possession, kept missing chances. It was, yeah, it was extremely frustrating watching him play. It was, wasn't great at all. And going into the Champions League, if, if that sort of level of performance continues, then they're in trouble because, as you said, this Manchester City team are are a bit good. Um, Eric, how do you see this one going? Do you agree, agree with that with from, from, from uh, Jesse's point of view? Is Do we see PSG getting enough points from these two fixtures against City to top the group? Because second no. place could be a could be a real nightmare if they're going into the, into no. the, you know, the knockout rounds. Absolutely not, no. Uh, I, I, I mean, no. With them already having drawn, I, I just can't see it. I mean... I mean, let's not let's not forget that Leipzig, you know, themselves are you know no 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 mugs, uh, you know. So that's another team that they're going to have to contend with. Um, and I think to top city, they're probably going to need to 
you know, they're going to need to get four points from those two fixtures and uh, six points against Leipzig. I, I don't see that happening. Um, so, you know, assuming they beat Bruce in the other match, I'll give them 12. Do we really see City finishing with less than 12 and, and potentially a head-to-head advantage? I don't think so. So I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I absolutely, absolutely not. I, I, I think that uh, that Bruges match, you know, again, all credit to Bruges, um, not PSG's finest hour. And, uh, you know, even, even a good result tomorrow, I think will be, you know, it's a step in the right, it'll be a step in the right direction, but I, it doesn't, you know, I, I think the, the real proof of the pudding is going to come, will that be match day five when they play the reverse fixture? Yeah, that's going to be, yeah, match day might be six, actually. might be the last game when they need something from it. You could even see them dropping into the Europa League at this rate, you know, because I agree with what Joe's saying. They're just so disjointed at the moment. Everything seems to be up in the air. Everything seems to be, you know, sort of a little bit of just a bit of a mess, to be honest, at the moment. They're just winning because they have loads of good players at the moment. And I think the Clermont oh, game was the only good, the only one where they actually convinced, right? Maybe that game, the others have been pretty close. They looked, uh, there are some good moments going forward against Strasbourg, but I, I, I'd have to agree with you. The other thing too, though, I mean, to be fair, I mean, they, they did, they weren't not, a, they were not in a great position uh, last year, right? Didn't they drop both of the first two games against uh, United in? Um, yeah, they needed something Leipzig? for that United away game, didn't they? And they, they got it and United went out. Um, uh, but yes, so yeah, you're absolutely right. They have been in a position before and you'd expect them to gather momentum, wouldn't you, in, in, in the Champions League? You'd expect them to, to and over the season as, as a whole, you'd expect this team to, to start to gel. Just put you on needs to find the right balance and, and, uh, and pretty quick. Okay, before uh, we, um, we move on to uh, the Rennes-Bordeaux uh, game, I wanted to talk about, actually, no, let's start with that. Um, we'll start with Rennes and Bordeaux. Um, Jez, Bordeaux. Can they get relegated this season? I, I, I've, we watched, I watched this game and I was pretty worried about their levels of intensity, their um, levels of hunger. The static defending was, was ridiculous. Mexair stepped in to, to a couple of times who hasn't been the best defender for them um, over the last few, you know, since joining for, for, for Renby, had a pretty good game. Costell kept them in the game on numerous occasions. Yassin Adli was awful, kept giving the ball away, looked barely interested. They signed them by Niang. Um, how did you see this one? And what hope do Bordeaux have this season of having anything more than a, a relegation battle on their hands? I definitely think they, they can get relegated. It's not the most quality... It's not the greatest quality to squad in, in Liga at all, but I think there should be enough quality there just to 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 see them through to sort of maybe lower mid table, something like that. Um, I but you you do worry that they're sort of a couple of crucial injuries away from from really being in trouble because um, you know I feel like a strong keeper and a strong striker or a strong goal scorer can kind of hide a multitude of sins and and taking Costill for example at the weekend I think I said before recording I only actually watched the last 15-20 minutes and that bit of it was relatively even I thought but up until that point by all accounts it was absolutely all Ren I think Costill made something like seven eight saves most of them in the first half which you know the match should have been over by half time um, but as we said before, you know, the, the goalkeeper is as much right as any other player on the pitch to sort of do his job and, and be man of the match. And, and then at the other end, if you've got a goal scorer, and I think he gets a bit of criticism, but I think Huang isn't the, the, such a bad striker. And 
Niang, if they can keep him sort of fit and focused, you know he's going to sort of pitch in with with a, a should should pitch in with a decent number of goals. I think that can hide a multitude of of sins um, in the rest of the pitch, um, and then and sort of give Petkovic a chance to kind of put a stamp on the team and, and um, maybe bring through a few more youngsters. You know the likes of, of Mbele, who I think has started well. Um, on you know on loan from from PSG, um, it's interesting what you said about the intensity thing though because if you're obviously if you haven't got the the highest quality squad that's the least that you'd you'd expect. Um, even Mexer scoring the goal, I mean he looked devastated. <laughs> it was as if he wanted his former team to win rather than his current team as well, which I thought was a strange reaction. And and Adley. I've never been a hundred percent convinced about him either, and and recently I've seen more about his his sort of you know rousing pre match pep talks and what a great leader he's become rather than stuff he's actually doing on the pitch. So if he's looking disinterested, that is a bit of a concern. But I just I mean trying to take the positives that that's three matches unbeaten now, um, some fantastic quality shown in the goals they scored in midweek against Montpellier. Um, and in this match, you know, at least they showed the, the sort of guts to, to, you know, fight back from having, you know, backs well and truly against the wall, Costil sort of pushing the team forward with it, with his performance in goal and then them somehow managing to find the resources to, to, to get the draw and somehow escape with a point from a, a match in which they're, they're, for the most part, comprehensively outplayed. So there are positives to take. I certainly don't think they're going to pull up any trees, um, but I think they should be okay to, to avoid a relegation battle, just about. Yeah, just just about maybe. I think Niang's a good signing. You know, he's got, scored good, good, uh, good, has a good goal ratio anyway in Ligue 1 for Rennes over a couple of seasons, got double figures in two consecutive years. So hopefully he'll be able to add some, some cutting edge alongside playing an attack. I've never been convinced by Adley really either. He's played 75 games, 76 games for Bordeaux now. Uh, and I've, even though he's signed for Milan and, you know, they've loaned him back for the year, I think he's got a long way to progress. I mean, Borda got a point from this game. We're sort of, we're sort of scutting of that a little bit, but they managed to somehow get a point. So if they're going to, you know, play this badly and still get results, then that's not bad for a, a side uh, struggling against uh, against relegation. Um, a side who perhaps uh, some of us may have predicted to struggle against relegation uh, this season, but uh, are doing the exact opposite uh, are Lorient, uh, Eric. And they, they got a very... Very useful point uh, away at Lyon uh, this weekend. Armand Loriente with the goal. Emerson was sent off earlier on for, for Lyon, which is a bit of a caveat. But um, Lorient, I think, uh, sort of in the top seven for points in Ligue 1 during 2021. Uh, and we talked about Franck Hayes and, and we talked about a number of, uh, you know, over the course of the last few years uh, in, in Ligue 1 of under, under radar coaches like Stefan Moulin and uh, who, who've done brilliant jobs. But uh, Christophe Policia's job at, uh, at Lorient is, is perhaps, you know, it's up there with, with the very best. What, what makes his team so good? And, and uh, did they deserve this point against, uh, against, uh, against uh, Lyon on, on, on the weekend? I think I know the answer to that. But yeah, talk to me about Lorient. <laughs> Are the merits of their play? No. <laughs> Uh, no, Ugh, gosh, I mean, I mean, Leon fan hat on here, the, the decisions that they've had go against them with the, the Neymar penalty against Gusto and this red card are just terrible. You know, I know Jean-Michel Olas likes to run his, likes to run his mouth, but uh, he's right. I mean, it, what's VAR there for if it's not to reverse decisions like this? Um, you know, was Emerson even the last man? I don't think so. You know, 
did, did he, you know, did he, is there enough contact to him and LeFay to make the player go down like that? Um, it really, you know, I, th- I think refereeing in, in France this season has not been great. Um, and, and those two are certainly tough decisions. Um, but as for Lorient, yeah, I mean, you know, this is a team who lost, um, who lost Johan Wiesa, who I think was probably their second best player outside of Tara Moffi last season. Um, a late move to Brentford, even. Uh, it wasn't necessarily, it was, I think, something that came out of the blue, maybe, you know, to uh, satisfy Dan Seger requirements. Um, but to cope without him and to see Lorient playing in this, this given a broader role, I mean, we know he had that free kick from, you know, Lord knows how far out last season that got a lot of headlines. Uh, he scored another one not today. I think he has more direct free kicks than any, more goals from direct free kicks than any other player in Europe since in 2021. Nice handy stat there. Um, but yeah, I, I think their organization has been really good. They've they've turned over some players, uh, bringing in likes of Igor Silva. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's like Lance. It's it's a it's a matter of continuity from Pelissier and and to have and having a good knowledge of. Uh, the architecture and the system. I mean, the changes he's made too. I mean, I think there's something to be said for that repositioning who belong Mendez as, as a center back. I mean, you know, Mendez was sort of this flying if flighty presence as a right wing back last season. Uh, now he's been repositioned as part of the central three. That's impressive. Uh, Loriente was again, sort of a mercurial talent last year. Um, now I think he's working really well alongside Moffy. Um, you know, that's, we know, again, and Moffy's 2021 was, uh, has been absolutely exceptional and that seems to be continuing to pace as well. Um, but again, I, I think that it, it's, it's Pelissier's ability to not only organize his team well tactically, but to improve and even reinvent, reinvent these players. And, you know, he's got a, a good bit of steel in midfield. If we think about Lemoyne, um, Laurent Abergel, you know, these types of players, some veteran, Thomas Monconduit, some, some veteran now for sure, but, I think that, yeah, it's it's a, a real testament to uh, a manager who uh, understands the abilities of his players and and also you know has the uh, if not audacity at least a sense of being willing to rejigger things in ways that might not necessarily seem intuitive. Um, and yeah, Adam, I think your point's well taken. I I believe Lorient had at the end of, as of the end of 2021 uh, taken the sixth most points or sorry the, the in the second half of last season. They took the sixth most points in the league and they continue that uh, now. So yeah, I, I think that that seems about right. I mean, do I think they'll sustain this and finish, finish in the European places? I mean, it's entirely possible. I, I think that, you know, there's not to sound too negative. But I think there's more underachievement to come um, from, especially from teams involved in Europe. I just look at the, squ- the squads of teams like Monaco and Lyon and Marseille and, you know, I have to, and Ren too. I mean, I have to wonder you know, at least until these teams are out of the, out of the group stages, um, is there really a chance for these, for these teams to get, you know, some modicum of rest and to rotate players uh, given their squad. So yeah. Um, you know, well done to Pelissier. Well done. Well done to reinvent for that reinvention. I mean, he, and he's had less of a budget to work with, uh, you know, I, I think Silva cost a million and a half, you know, and that was their only acquisition. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, yeah, I remember writing the preview guide and being like, hmm, who is Lorient's key transfer? <laughs> Their only transfer. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, 
I think that in a lot of ways, uh, this job being done is even more impressive because there is no budget. He, you know, I, I know that, you know, for example, Lance sold Bade, but they brought in Danso, they brought in Wu, um, they brought in Frankowski. There's not, there's not been this, there's not been the same turnover, uh, influx of new players at Lorient to allow, uh, to, to, allow, to, to make this transition any easier yet. They've, they continue to battle and look and to battle and, and do well. Um, again, if this match were 11 against 11 for 90 minutes, no way. Uh, but you know, that's the rub of the green. Yeah, just yeah, I, I definitely see your point. I, I, they're just so well balanced. They've got so much going for them, haven't they? They've, you know, they can score goals, they can they can defend, they can be stoic, they can be expansive. They need to be. They've got midfielders who can play, um, and yeah, they're just they're just such a well organized and well balanced side. Six in the league at the moment, just one defeat in their first eight games. Very uh, impressive. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to give the final word of the pod uh, to Jez. I, I really wanted to also, as a as a as an aside, I kind of wanted to touch on the midweek round because it was it was fantastic as well. Montpellier Bordeaux drew three all. Monaco beat Etienne three one. Uh, Lyon came from behind to beat Troyes. But um, the the probably the most exciting game was was Mets PSG. Uh, and as a Mets fan, Jez, I, I wanted to briefly get your thoughts on on this a missed opportunity from Mets's point of view. Atraf Hakimi with a brace. Um, winner in the 95th minute. How did this go and how upset were you? You're always going to be upset when uh, when your your team sort of concedes a, a defeat with literally the last touch of the game. And, you know, even more so when you're, you're winless, you're bottom of the table and it looks like you're going to get a point against, um, you know, the, the behemoth that is PSG. Um, so, yeah, I was gutted. But what was annoying was not even so much Dylan Bronze stupid red card and and um, Antonetti obviously talking himself into a red card following that as well. I just I did think that the refereeing throughout the match was completely inconsistent. Um, you know, clear bookings for a couple of players, Kimpembe, Draxler, that were just completely ignored, whereas obviously any sort of slight touch was was given as a as a free kick against mess with bookings galore and even the goal sort of you know it starts from a psg throw in deep in mess in the mess half on the opposite side or in the mess attacking side on the opposite side of the pitch and ends with hakimi scoring a goal sort of directly diagonally so obviously chain of causation there's a lot of stuff that, that happens in between for them to get from one end of the pitch to the other but the fact was that the the throwing was given after a blatant foul on the prefield that wasn't given and it's those little things that you know across a match when you're already sort of completely fairly but disadvantaged in terms of the you know the the, the players on show or whatever it's obviously going to wear you down um and and even then you know if i'm clutching at straws can kind of say that leads to the sort of frustrations that that end with 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 bron petulantly kicking the ball away and getting a second yellow that kind of thing um but i suppose in some way you have to take positives the fact that they they did stand toe to toe with PSG, like we said. Practically every team is doing that at the moment, and and um, you know, as, as undeserved as as that defeat was, um, so yeah, as undeserved as the defeat was, you could argue that probably the, the the win yesterday was pretty undeserved as well. But maybe that's you know the positives that were taken from that PSG game is that they can they can scrap when they need to, they can play some relatively decent football when they need to. 
um, in in Kuyate, I still think he's another one who you know will will throw in a, a dangerously rash tackle every now and again, but is is a real sort of tower in defence and now has, has added sort of attacking aerial threat as well. Um, there are there's no hiding from it. There's been some players that have been woefully off form so far this year, Bron being one of them. Um, but if they can, if a few of them can just get back to, to close to their better form and we can bring in someone like a Bulaya or a Bassi, like we, we discussed last week, who, you know, mess have been really missing that, that element of creativity up front, then I'm hoping they should still be okay. Um, but it, yeah, so far it, it has been very poor. Um, and the PSG game, it was just, you know, a little bit of everything, just the frustration of how it happened, when it happened. And then obviously the afters as well with um, both Mbappe and, and Neymar both acting sort of particularly badly. And of course, as usual, Neymar kind of, you know, you wonder if if it had been a mess player pushing Neymar over, would they have only got a yellow? But, mm. you know, that's just, you know speculation i guess yeah yeah i think you're right about the taking positives you know first win of the season this this weekend off the bottom um Sanetian bottom now with no wins to make games only three draws uh, that brings us to the end of the get french football news show for this week we'll be back next monday in the meantime keep your eyes on our twitter feed at gffn and the website getfootballnewsfrance.com i've been adam white massive thanks to jeremy smith and eric devin once again we'll see you next monday have a good week and enjoy the football <laughs>